Hi, welcome to the third episode of the Riverside Voice. We have changed our schedule to every other week in an attempt to pull our lives together. Yes, uh, and deliver better content. Quality content <laughs> to for you, <laughs> our listeners, who will someday exist. <laughs> um, I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. And we are your hosts. And this week we're going to be talking about real change again, because we have more to say. And cider, which is why it's delicious, and Porchfest. So, we're going to start with a little update on the Real Change Saga. Yes, it continues. (laughs) As I said in the previous podcast, I would interview Liz Hooker, the marketing coordinator for Downtown Spokane Partnership, and... As we said, Downtown Spokane Partnership led the Give Real Change campaign. There was another write-up in the Inlander, September 10th, about Give Real Change, and they actually interviewed panhandlers on the street to get their take, not on the campaign, but just of the experience of panhandling. So, in a nutshell, Liz works and lives downtown, So she knows what goes on with the panhandlers and how they affect the flow of downtown, but also she's aware of how people interact with them or don't interact with them. And so she said, you know, people are free to do what they want with their money. Yep, and which makes sense. And she did refer to the campaign as a sort of cleaning of the core downtown to put more money into initiatives and um, something that's long-term, not necessarily giving a handout to someone for a short-term solution. And in the end, it's our choice. Um, What we do, it's not illegal in Spokane to panhandle. It's only illegal if they wander into traffic or... um, or they get in trouble if they tap on windows um, and yell for money, uh, pretty much. But um, no, she basically said that you know we want to implement resources to people um, to become aware of the panhandling that's going on, which I think is good. Um, and I just want to say too, like the. Um, Hearing the different interviews done from Give Real Change with the panhandlers, um, they would say that, you know, it's a blessing when they get money from people or, um, oh, I'm just, you know, lucky to have, you know, what I have in order to get by. And I was noticing that there were some just biblical undertones, the the use of the word blessing Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, God bless you and and putting on the signs to Mm -hmm. interact with people. And and I didn't know if if religion was something that was infiltrated, like, through this whole thing, or if, you know, that's just like... Yeah, religion's definitely a common theme in... With panhandlers and stuff, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. think. I don't know if that's because people in that situation feel like they 
you know, they need to ask ask God for help or because they think that other people will respond more if they have those sort of religious messages on their signs. Um, I think was it in that article they mentioned there was one guy who had who had a sign and on the two sides or two that like one side was, you know, like God bless you and on the other side was like you know, for a dollar all I don't remember what it was, but it was something just kind of ridiculous and mm-hmm. just two very different messages, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And one of the panhandlers said that when looking at the type of cars and people who give him money, the Hummers, the Mercedes, the BMWs, they never mm-hmm. give money. It's usually women driving clunkers huh. who, who maybe as he put it, are, you know, they're going through a struggle or, or they've been there, not literally there, but just struggling. have had hard times and, and, and they, you know, give with their, with their heart. Hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But yep, this isn't, this isn't the end of Give Girl Change. They're still going to research it and keep at it and refocus it even into the new year and we'll keep talking about it and we'll keep talking about it (laughs) (laughs) okay so on a completely different note we went last week to liberty cider works oh this is downtown yes um it's right by what is it by it's on south washington and it's by Sweet frostings. (laughs) Yes. You can get cupcakes and cider. Yep. And the Big Dipper. It's over by the Big Dipper. Yes. Yes. So it is a pretty cool place. It's a small space on Mm -hmm. the second floor. Mm -hmm. Kind of difficult to find. There's a big parking lot. And then I was wandering around trying to figure out where I was going. But it's a a small space. They um, do everything there but grow the trees, Mm -hmm. as they told us. Mm -hmm. Um, So the cider is brewed? Is cider brewed? This one yeah. brewed cider? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So the cider is created there, whether that's by brewing or some other process. <laughs> and then there's a little tasting room. And it is a really cool experience. You can get um you can get like a, a glass of any kind of cider. They had I think five different types when we were there. Yeah, we had a flight. Yes. Each of us. Yeah, so we picked a flight because we are fun and exciting. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> And so is cider. So yeah, we got little tasters of five different types of cider, mm-hmm. and each one had a little description. It also came with a little bowl of uh, peanuts and some pretzels, which was a nice addition to both have a snack and to cleanse your palate, so that you could really enjoy the undertones in each type of cider. Definitely. Um, but the you could definitely like tell a difference between the different types there were some that were much sweeter some that were much earthier um some that were like a blend of different varieties of apples and some that was you know all one type of apple um, yeah and i'll mention too when lauren left another friend was with us and the owner brought us two cups with powder at the bottom and one it, and it was to kind of enhance the ex, the sipping experience uh, one little cup had this powder that was called malic and malic is just the main acid found in apples in fruit i'm guessing like through the process it was mm-hmm. just dried yeah but it's like it's it's kind of like a pixie pixie stick candy taste okay. so you dip it just like 
you put your finger in there to get just the, the pad of your fingertip covered and then put it on your tongue and then sip the cider. And it's just this whole enhancement of, of the taste. And the other little cup had tannins in it. And that really changed the kind of undertone and, and sensation of the cider taste. It was really neat. That's really cool. Yeah. And he just brought it over and we well, this is great, you know. Love cider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were the only ones there when we came in, so they were friendly and had so time friendly. to talk with us mm-hmm. about questions that we had about the cider. I'm not very knowledgeable, but they certainly are. Yes. So that was really cool. So, yeah, we would definitely recommend it. They're only open um, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. And they're open from 5 to 9. It Was it 5 to 9 or 4 to 9? Ooh, might be 4 to 9. Okay. Might be 4 to 9. Check on that before you go. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so they're only open um, a few hours a week for the tasting room. So make sure to check on that before you go. But it was definitely a cool experience, a cool thing, you know, a happy hour type thing to do or just stop by. Um, and they also, you can also take, um, buy stuff to take home if you choose to do that. So there's some great local cider being made. And with Washington having so many apples, like, of course there's great local cider. Yeah, there's just got to be a cider. And the surprising thing was the owner told us that there's not very many cideries in Washington, only about 50. Yeah, maybe less than that. Not very many, Mm -mm. especially considering how many apples we grow here. Mm Mm-hmm. And just, you know, all around Central Washington, they're, they're so close. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. very cool that they're starting to do this. And, you know, maybe some other places will pop up, too. And they can just have all sorts of cider going on. Exactly. And these two owners were not only knowledgeable about cider, but they also liked talking about the Spokane community and how it was changing. And that directs us, that transi- that's a good transition into Porch Fest. I did not attend Porch Fest, but Annie did, so she's going to tell us about it, and also me about it. Yeah, so Porch Fest was this new experiment. It takes place in West Central. West Central is historically a more rough part of Spokane. Like, there's lower income, there's a lower income population there, but it's, like, flourishing as this place for artists and musicians and, um, developing a place where people work and commute to work. So it's, it's great. It's so Porch Fest was pretty much highlighting the fact that Kendall Yards for one is a place where new infrastructure is building and there's not a lot of porches, you know, that are built like they used to be these big, wonderful wraparound porches, grand porches, which are located in West Central, a lot of older structures and houses are there which is great so anyway porch fest is basically saying we're neighbors we invite everyone to come and experience art music poetry on our porches and not be a not feed into you know the culture where we just have this nice deck in the back and we're not going to we're not going to socialize that much we're going to bring it out front and celebrate with everyone so Anyway, I went at the last part of Porch Fest on, at a great house on Malin. It's an older house that has a wraparound porch, and there a poet 
shared her, two poets shared their work, and then Duke Hogue performed. They are a local, I would say, folk band, and wonderful. So, like, we were just entranced with the setting sun, and the, the where we sat on the lawn, there were vintage furniture, and oh, cool tables, and mugs, and popcorn being made, and yeah, I, I think overall Porch Fest was a huge success, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that became one of Spokane's things, quote unquote, like mark trademarks, because um, it, it was just it was just so. That's wonderful. really neat. Do you know? Do you have any idea how many porches are involved? Because it was more than just that one. Right, right. It was more than that one. There were. I want to say there were 10 Yeah, it seems, like, it seems like what I heard. Yeah. It's all around the neighborhood. Yep, yep, because they wanted to keep it small to start. So 10 porches and 20 performers. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that went on September 13th from 3 to 7 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a cool idea. It's a way to get people out in the community. It's not even at, you know, a park or an outdoor amphitheater or anything. just in the neighborhood. Yep. Free performing music mm-hmm. and other art. That's... That's a cool idea. I yep. hope that it happens again. Yep. All about community. So. Yeah. So that's what we have going on this week. Um, definitely some stuff that you should check out, particularly the cider. Yes. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about Terrain, which is an arts festival, nonprofit. Yep, cool thing. Yep, a movement. Um, <laughs> yes, an arts movement. And we'll be having an interview on that podcast, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're also going to talk about the Arboretum, where neither of us have been, and we're going to check it out. And our ideas for how we can make downtown a better, more attractive place to hang out. Yeah. So, that's coming up next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you.